You're listening to the Grace Family Church Podcast. Notes for today's sermon are available by downloading the GFC Florida app. How you doing, Grace Family? Man, welcome all of our campuses. I started our way north with Land Lakes. Good to have you. And Lutz right here of Lutz. Come on, Lutz. Good to have you with us. And then we got Temple Terrace and Ebor and South Tampa and Carrollwood. And guess what? Clearwater, man. Clearwater is having a tent revival. Did you know that? Because we're not in our building yet. They've been meeting in a tent in the parking lot for the last five weeks. Give them a big hand for hanging in there. But we believe next weekend we're going to be in. I'm telling you, we're, if we're not, I, no, we're going to be in next weekend. We're, we know that we've been talking to, the, to our general contractor. It's all going to work good. Um, but, hey, I, I have a message that um, I, I want to shift gears for a moment. I, I'll be honest with you. I've been really, something's been stirring in my heart the last month. And the message I'm going to bring to Grace Family Church I, I, is, a, is a hard one for us to hear, but I think it's necessary to hear because I, I care as your pastor, I, I care about you. How many of you know I, I want to be able to speak the truth to you? you? We can't just candy coat things. And so I want to talk a little bit today on not a very popular subject. You probably haven't heard it taught maybe in a lot of places in a while. I do it once every year. Maybe I need to do it more than that. But uh, the question I, is the title is this, do you fear God? I'm going to say it again. Do you fear God? See, we always think fearing God or the word fear is a negative thing. Actually, fearing God is a good thing. Actually, fearing God brings blessings in your life. That's what the Bible tells us. And in Psalms, we'll start in Psalms 128. It says this in verse 1 through 4. Blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience to him. You will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. How many want that in your life? That's what the Bible tells us. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house, and your children will be like olive shoots around your table. What does that mean? I don't know. No, it really means things are going to go good in your home. Your wife's going to be content. Your children are going to be happy. So when you sit down for dinner tomorrow, say, hey, you little olive shoots, listen to me. You know what you're talking about, right? Yes, this will be a blessing. Here it is. Yes, this will be a blessing for the man who does what? Who fears the Lord. There's a blessing in fearing God. In fact, Proverbs 1.7 says, the fear of the Lord is a foundation, here it is, of true knowledge. We're hearing a lot of different information these days, but true knowledge comes from fearing God first. Then it says, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Come on, turn to someone and say, don't be a fool. Tell them right now, don't be a fool. See, that's what fool, fools mock God. Fools don't respect. They, they do what they want to do. And the Bible warns us against that. Proverbs 9.10 says this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. How many wish you had more wisdom in your life? It starts with a healthy, here's the word, healthy fear of the Lord. So don't get all mixed up and upset with me. I'm talking about a healthy fear of God. There's unhealthy and there's healthy. The word fear in Hebrew means to be afraid. How many of you know it's okay to be afraid of certain things? I mean, you should be afraid of being on the very edge of a cliff. You should be afraid sometimes if you're in a pool of water and there's a lot of blood around and sharks are circling. You should be afraid, right? You know, he just, uh, Pastor Darrell, who just came on staff, moved from California. He has this weird thing about alligators. You don't have to really be afraid of alligators, do you? That's a whole nother thing. We'll talk about that later. But here's what we know. We hear a lot about God's love. 
We hear a lot about God's grace, and I believe in the grace of God. We're called Grace Family Church. But you know, sometimes I think we haven't heard enough about the fear of God. I think sometimes the needle has moved. We see God only as loving and merciful and faithful. And yes, he is all those things. But there's another part of God that we need to see. If we really want to have a healthy relationship with God, and it, it needs to be balanced. I mean, my dad, I love my dad. He passed away years ago. And I love my dad, but I also feared my dad. Anyone know what I'm talking about? There's, there was something about my dad that I respected and loved him, but I also feared him. And it wasn't a bad fear. It was a healthy fear. My question is, do we fear God? See, is it possible to love and fear someone or something? Is it possible to do both? See, here's the, here's the, here's the deal. If you only have love for God, and no fear for God, then there's no respect and no restraint. And you're like, hey, God loves me. I can do whatever I want. But if it's only a fear of God and no love of God, then there's no relationship. And there's no, I'm a, I'm, I'm, I don't want to even be near him. But it's a balance. It's a blending of the both. And that's what God wants us to be able to do. I, I, I relate it like this. I, two, year, two or three years ago, about 24 of us from Grace Family Church went white water rafting six nights and seven days down the Grand Canyon. I mean, it was cool. I mean, we're camping on the side of the, the, the canyon every night, and it was a crazy trip, and, and, uh, and we had two rafts, 12 in a raft, and they have all our stuff, and man, we were in awe. I mean, the canyon was so beautiful from the bottom, and we're looking at the awe and the beauty of the Grand Canyon, and we loved the beauty of it. But there was something that happened one day, I think it was day two, we hit a rapid that I didn't know existed. It was called a class 10. They're only in the Grand Canyon, no other classification in the world. We hit this rapid, we went down into this rapid and the hydraulic power of that wave and coming over us. This is put it this way, after getting through that wave, I not only loved the Grand Canyon, I had an awesome respect and fear that this was a treacherous river that could consume you in a moment. So there was this love part of the relationship, but then there was this part of fear that when the, when the guide said, okay, this is a two-handed hole, which means hold two hands going down this rapid because this is gonna be a rough one, or this is a one-handed hold. Well, at the beginning of the trip, I think I was just too casual. I'm good, man, I don't need to hold on to anything. I wonder, I wonder if we're too casual in our relationship with God. It needs to be in balance. See, uh, surfers, they love the big wave. You ever seen those waves on the North Shore of Hawaii, 50-foot waves, and, you, and they interview these surfing guys, and they go, man, it's gnarly. I love the big waves. But these same guys that have love for these waves have a tremendous amount of fear and respect and reverence for the power of the waves. Same thing on Mount Everest. I've never been, but I've seen pictures. The beauty of Mount Everest and, and the highest mountain peak in the world, but you talk to mountain climbers and they love Mount Everest, but they have a deep respect and fear for the power of that mountain. Can we have that same for our God? I believe we can and we should. I think of, he is many things. We can describe God as majestic, and gracious, and loving, and merciful, and gentle, 
and patient and kind. How many know that's who our God is? And we love that part of God. But the other part is what we struggle with. But it's part of who he is. But he is also powerful and holy and almighty. The Bible says he's a consuming fire. He's fierce. He is the judge of the living and the dead. He is the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end. He is all these things. I think sometimes to presume on just his grace and mercy is a very dangerous path to take. And I'm talking to believers right now. My prayer, my hope is that we move that needle from being casual about who he is to understanding there's a presence and a power and a holiness to him that should change and alter how we live our lives. Think about that. We live in a culture today that has no fear of God. We see it evident in what's been going on, not just in the last few weeks with the terrible tragedies, but really the culture of God is one that doesn't fear him. Romans 3, verses 15 through 18, describe a little bit of what happens when we have no fear of God. You can turn to the screens. It says, their feet are swift to shed blood. Ruin and misery mark their ways. And the way of peace, they do not know. There is no Look at this, there is no, you might as well have said therefore now, there is no fear of God before their eyes. Folks, that is the culture we live in today. So where do we go from here? I, I, I really wanna help us address this a little bit. Help us see that there's a healthy, balanced view that we need to have. How do we fear God? How do I, what does the fear of the Lord look like in our everyday lives? Here's what I know, that Jesus is more than a shepherd holding a baby lamb, and we love those pictures. But I don't think any of us have seen the picture on a wall that's described in Revelations of who Jesus is, because there's another part of who he is. And in Revelations, the apostle John has a vision, and in this vision, he begins to tell us about this Jesus who now is in heaven. And it starts in verse 12 of Revelations 1. He says this, when I turned to see who was speaking to me, I saw seven gold lampstands and standing in the middle of the lampstands was someone like the son of man. He was wearing a long robe with a gold sash across his chest. His head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow. And his eyes were like flames of fire. His feet were like polished bronze refined in a furnace and his voice thundered like mighty ocean waves. He held seven stars in his right hand and a sharp two-edged sword came from his mouth and his face was like the sun in all its brilliance. And then John says, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as if I were dead. He didn't give him a high five. The Bible says when he saw this picture, this perspective of who Jesus was, he fell at his feet as if he were dead. But he laid his right hand on me and said, don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I died, but look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and the grave. This isn't Mr. Rogers. 
This isn't the Jesus that walked on the earth. That was a part of the Jesus of Savior relating to mankind. But this is another part of who he is that we need to not only have a perspective and understand, but something that we need to reverence and respect. This is the Jesus in Revelation, and he does look different than the Jesus we hear about a lot of times. So we need to recognize who he is that part of who he is. The second thing we need to do, we need to respect his word, the Bible. We need to respect all of his word, all of it, not just the parts that we like. I'm amazed that so many believers today, they take the Bible as multiple choice. I like this one, but I don't like that one because that one may affect my lifestyle. That might alter the way I should live. So I just want to pay attention to that one. I don't really want to listen to that one. And so we kind of weigh back in on, well, God loves and God forgives, so he understands. No, if we're going to fear God, we need to respect his word, all of his word. You know, the word of God is a blueprint for our life. It's for our good. How many know that God's word is for our good? When God says certain things and sets certain boundaries, it's to protect us. God loves us and, and wants to protect our lives. It's like when you see a traffic light, you don't go, I can't believe there's a traffic light. You may be mad that it's red, but you understand that the traffic light is there to protect you. It's there so that when people, uh, when they disregard the traffic light and run a red light, sometimes there's a horrible crash. God sets speed limits for a reason, right? That we have speed limits in our land to what? Protect us. And I need to remind myself of that because I like driving a little fast, but the speed limit is there to protect us and to protect others. Very important that we see that it's a blueprint for our life. Psalms 119, King David says it this way. My flesh trembles for fear of you. Has there been a time in our lives lately, and I'm talking to myself too, where my flesh has trembled because I've sensed the awesome power and presence of God? It says, my flesh trembles for fear of you, and I am afraid of your judgments. Do we have a healthy fear of the consequences when we decide, you know what, I'm gonna do it my way. I don't care about God's way. No, the Bible says, David says, I am afraid of your judgments. I started thinking about this. I know when I was in school, we had certain teachers in my school that you knew you could get away with stuff. How I many you know what I'm talking about? But then you had other teachers. You know the other ones I'm talking about? Where you knew that their word and their authority, they meant business. It wasn't that these teachers were bad, but they, they demanded a certain amount of reverence and respect. How many know a teacher like that? I know I did. Ninth grade, agriculture class. This is back when middle, ninth grade was still middle school. Middleton Junior High School, first day of the class, ninth grade, 25 guys in there, and we're just being rowdy, and he, uh, the guy gets up. Mr. Gatlin says, okay, sit down, stop talking. Cop guy's still talking. Sit down, stop talking. Everyone sits down. One guy says, you're not telling me what to do. First day of class. We all looked, and I, I tell you, we didn't know this teacher. We didn't know what to expect. But Mr. Gatlin walked over to this young man. His name was Charlie Brown. God's honor, true. That was his name. <laughs> his name is Charlie Brown. I'll never forget. He takes Charlie Brown. 
by the pants and by the shirt, walks over, we're in a portable classroom. There's a window. He throws them right out the window. Oh, I'm dead serious. This is in the 70s. Some of you young people are freaking out right now. Let me tell you, what we didn't know, there were hedges right outside. He's just laying on the hedges. But I want to tell you something. There were no behavioral issues in that classroom because we had a deep, profound reverence and respect and, yeah, fear for Mr. Gatlin. But you know what we realized about Mr. Gatlin? He loved us. One of my best teachers, he loved us. He cared for us. He had a relationship with us. But don't mess with Mr. Gatlin. Can we have that same relationship with God? I believe we can. I believe we should. Yeah, Mr. Gatlin. We need a few more Mr. Gatlins around. Listen, what they could do in my schools, they wouldn't even allow today. I wouldn't even go there. How do we fear God? We fear the consequences and we heed his warnings. I just think, again, there's this casualness. Well, you know, I know this is what it says, but God understands. Or we begin to rationalize certain things that are contrary to the word of God. We don't respect the word and we don't heed the warnings and the consequences. Galatians says this in chapter 6. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. How many of you know you can't play with God? People think they're getting away with something. The Bible says don't play with him. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Some people think, well, I'm not reaping what I'm sowing because we think sometimes because nothing happens in the moment that we get away with something. That's what Adam and Eve thought. They bit of the apple, didn't die right away, but they were, you know, you know the story. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap, come on, everyone say it, destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap eternal life. This is heavy. But you know what the fear of God is? It's an awareness of his presence, of his power. It's an awareness that there are consequences. And, and for me, you know what's kept me in a place where I can avoid temptation. I have a love for God, but I also fear him. I fear the consequences. I believe what he says. How many of you drive differently if you're going down I-75 and there's a state trooper on the side of the road? All of a sudden, you become this best driver ever, right? Hey, hey. Oh, you know, you, you know what? You adjust your behavior because you're in the presence of someone who has authority to deliver severe consequences in your life. Does the trooper hate you? No, he doesn't hate you, but he's there for a reason. Listen, how do we get to that place in our Christian walk where we have this balanced view that he loves me and he forgives me? Even if we've sown into destruction, God can pick us up and forgive us and give us a new start. I'm not denying that. But why even go there in the first place? Some of the places we have been in our lives because we've disregarded the, 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 the respect we need to have for his word and what he says, and we pay the price for it. See, I obey him because I love him, but I also fear him. Proverbs 3, 7 says, do not be wise in your own eyes. That's what a lot of people, I, I'm smarter than God. It says, fear the Lord and shun evil. Proverbs 16, 6 says, through love and faithfulness, sin is atoned for. Aren't you glad 
for the faithfulness and the mercy of God. That God atones for our sin. There is atonement. There is forgiveness for sin. But man, sometimes there's a heavy price we pay because we follow down maybe a wrong road. Then it says, through the fear of the Lord, evil is avoided. I'm going to say this again. I love my dad, but a lot of times I, I, I was able to keep myself out of trouble because I knew if I did what I was thinking about doing, I was going to get it when I got home. Does that relate with anybody? Yeah. Yeah, listen, parents, I know the parenting class is over, but wait, let me say something to parents. Parents, you need to love your children, but you need to be in charge in your home. You need to be the one that sets the limits and there gotta be consequences in your home. We, we live in a world that's, that, 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 that I fear for parents who, who sometimes we, we, we back off when we need to press in. And when you really love your kids, you set boundaries. That's free, I won't go any further with that one. This isn't exactly a bedtime verse that I'm gonna read. I really prayed about even sharing this scripture with you, but I gotta share the whole truth. You know, the Bible says one day, this is all gonna come to an end. It just says it. And one day, Jesus is coming back. There's gonna be an end of the world. There's gonna be accounting for every person who lives on planet Earth. And I'll preface this by saying the accounting doesn't have to be a fearful thing for a believer. Because we know that Jesus, when he died on that cross, God's judgment was executed on Jesus, and if we accept that, God passes over us. That's the hope that we have. But in Revelations 20, it says this, then I saw a great white throne, him who was seated on it. The earth and the heavens fled from his presence. Now get a picture of that, I can't imagine that. How does the earth and the heavens flee from the presence of a mighty God? That alone seems a little scary to me. And it says, and there is no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and the books were opened. And I gotta share one more verse that I forgot, and I'll get back to this. You know Jesus who carries the little lambs and Jesus who had the children come to him and the Jesus who loved people and fed the 5,000 and healed the sick. The same Jesus in, in Matthew 10, 28 said this. This is Jesus. Don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. I can tell you this, the fear of man is a snare. But if you fear God, that's the best thing you ever do in your life. It says this, don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They cannot touch your soul. Fear only God who can destroy both soul and body in hell. These are the words of Jesus. If they're the words of Jesus, I would heed these words. But let me get back. There was no place for them. I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and the books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. And each person was judged according to what they had done. 
Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is a second death. How many know there's not just one death? There's a second death for some people. People think, oh, when I die, it's over. It's not over. I don't care what you've been told. It's not over. There will be an appearance. The Bible says it is appointed for man once to die and then judgment. The lake of fire is a second death. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. I don't know if I were you, I wanna make sure my name is in that book of life. And the only way your name gets written in that book of your life is not through religion, it's not through a denomination, it's not through religious activity. The only way the Bible says a man can be saved is through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, because of his love, because of his mercy, died on a cross and we wouldn't have to face this judgment that Revelations 20 is talking about. I want you to think about that for a moment. Fear the one who has the power and authority to execute judgment. The good news for all of us is Jesus Christ, man that we have Jesus. But I wanna, I wanna challenge every believer, every believer on every campus, stand up for a moment. All of us stand, come on. All of us stand for a moment, every campus. I wanna challenge you just in this moment to really do an, uh, an inventory. God, do I, do I, I know I love you, but do I fear you? Do I tremble? Do I, do I respect you? Have I disregarded your word? Have I kind of put it aside and lived this casual life? Is it time maybe for all of us here to say, God, Man, is it time for us? Oh God, I, maybe I've, I've, I've been over here on the love and mercy and I haven't really understood that you're a God of holiness and power and might and I don't want to be casual anymore about my faith. I want to walk with you and God, if there's areas in my life that are not right, I know you love me, but God, you have more for me. Man, I don't want to take it casually any longer. I don't want to just kind of wallow in and go, oh God, this is okay. You know it's not okay. Man, let the conviction of the Holy Spirit cry out to God today as we sing this song out of fear and respect and honor. Dude, let God do a work in your life. I don't know what that looks like. As we sing this, come on, as we begin to sing this on every campus, if you wanna come to the front or bow your knee and say, God, you're not only Savior, but you're my King, you're my Lord, you're my God. Come on, let's sing together. Respond to Him. Thank you for listening to the Grace Family Church Podcast. For more info, check out gfcflorida.com or connect with us by texting the word CONNECT to 81313. We look forward to meeting you at one of our locations soon.